Hello, this is Fred Callaghan and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. I'm Jay Mack, your host. So this week, instead of a shite performance in the draw, we got a shite performance and a loss. We look proper adrift now. One of the most one of the most uninspiring performances from us this season, in my eye, with a little hope of seeing where a win is coming from. I mean, one shot on target with a squad who are starting to look a little, let's say, weary of not winning. Is a change going to come on or off the pitch? And what the hell can we expect from fifth of the table West Ham who are flying right now? With me to moan are some of Fulham Focus's finest, the builder and painter of Noah's Ark, Donald Love, and of course, Viva Le Mat-Buclair. Let's go. Fulham. Right, guys, let's get this over with, shall we? Uh, Leicester are third, pushing for Champions League with a great manager. We know it's okay to lose to this team, but it's just still a crud performance, isn't it? I'll go to you first, Mr. French. Performance-wise, I suppose we started quite well. And then we created a few chances, had a couple of openings. There was that There was that Mitrovic one. I think did Robinson pull it back to him and he was just at a bit of a stretch and it was blocked. Mm. Um, but once you go behind against a team like Leicester and you can't score goals, then you're already thinking, well, the best we're going to get out of this is a point. And then at 2-0 down, it's game over, isn't it? We we just don't score. We just don't score enough goals and we don't look like scoring enough goals. Um, and I'm afraid Scott Parker now, given it wasn't the performance against Leicester and it wasn't the result against Leicester, but... It was the, more the results the previous two against Brighton and against um, against West Bromwich Albion, those must-win games. They Not winning those games make the, the result against Leicester crucial. And I'm sorry, but he's walking around with a target on his head now. And it, it could just be a matter of time for me before the Cairns pull the trigger. Yeah, I think Burnley in the cup wasn't good help either. Obviously, it's a cup game, but just as an audition process for these sort of games, not a great result, the, uh, the loss there. Uh, Don, I mean, Frenchie alluded to it, that we, we always seem to start well in these games. It's like the Fulham blueprint now. We we always start well and we press well to begin with, and then we just fade and we either lose, get a draw, and Ariola makes about 10,000 amazing world-class saves. I mean, just what, what are your thoughts on this game, Don, really quickly before we press on? Overall thoughts of the game, it, it, you know, Frenchie's absolutely right. We we started well. We actually, uh, I would say, in the first ten minutes, we looked equals. Um, I, I really didn't see either team being the better team. You know, and then sadly, what was it, the eleventh minute or so, um, we started. Teams, yeah. Well, I, I I go back to the eleventh minute. I kind of feel like it was around then we started to kind of break down. Uh, right, little things started happening. And, you know, those little things ended up, you know, leading to the goal. Uh, I, I posted on uh, Friends of Fulham my thoughts of the overall match are very simple. Yeah, it, it was a hard loss to, to take. But as Frenchie said, the two before that were worse. So I didn't really think we were going to get anything from Luster City. But uh, I don't know why. I felt like we would maybe at least somehow get a point. Um mm. I'm not going to be all doom and gloom. I, I've I've moved on from that. So all the people out there who are hating on Scott and, and Tony Khan, I guess you're going to start hating on me because I'm just not going to be the doom and gloom guy today in the pod. 
Okay. That's good though. You, you don't you don't have to be the doom and gloom guy. And I, I don't want to be the doom and gloom guy either. But the reality is Leicester gave us a lesson on how to finish. They were clinical. And that's what we don't do. We get in the box and we don't finish our chances. And teams that don't finish finish their chances don't win games. And Leicester are, are where they are in the league, even without Jamie Vardy, because they can kill games off. And that's what we've failed to do recently. Well, for all, all season. Okay. You say we didn't finish our chances. We we didn't have the shots on goal. We really, if you looked at uh, John, you sent a great link to uh, some stats info about how the final third was nothing. Um, you know, yes. yeah, you had Metro up there, but big whoop. You know, we weren't getting him the ball. We weren't really giving him uh, chances. Um, no creativity at all. Exactly. Well, I got flack and stick uh, a couple weeks ago or a week ago for putting up a lineup where I didn't have Angisa in the lineup. I didn't have uh, Loftus-Cheek in the lineup. And I actually said, you know, the two of them need, have not impressed me. And, you know, neither one of them really impressed me for a while now. I know there's all kinds of people who love Angisa and think, oh, my God, you know, He's almost like the second coming or something like that, you know, but hmm. I'm not impressed. Um, and I think the two of them are a double negative, actually, just because neither one of them really offers anything going forward on the attacking or, or the goal scoring. So for me, I wanted to see a little more creativity. Uh, I was glad to see Ted A in there. OK, but uh, I don't understand why Lamina wasn't in there. And more importantly, why wasn't Bobby? And, you know, uh, there have been people saying, drop him, drop him, drop him, you know, uh, for whatever reasons. But I didn't get it. Uh, a, he he is our leading scorer. B, he's actually proven to be quite effective in the defense. He comes back. He helps out. And, you know, so why why drop him? That That was my big thing. So if you want more goals and more attacking, why not put these more creative people on? I take your point on Anguissa, actually. I'm, I'm a big fan of Anguissa's, and I think – that he does do a good job in what he does. He's kind of box to box and he's one of the top interceptors in the division. But from a player in that position, you need him to be chipping in with some goals as well. So I'll just pick up there on what Frenchie was saying about uh, chipping in with goals. For me, uh, Robinson's one of those people that uh, had opportunities to help with chipping in those goals. And I just don't think... Once again, people like Angisa are helping him or, or, or connecting with him. And even in this game, I would say, uh, you know, Robinson and Lookman weren't connecting well. And there was a time where, a couple of times where Robinson got the ball, you know, made beautiful runs down that, that flank, got all the way down there and ended up getting a corner, you know. Uh, and then there are the other times where he's trying to connect with Mitchell in the box, but it's one too many touches and he's just closed down. You know, Not the best game from Robertson, actually. I thought. I mean, I thought he was. I mean, lo- lots of lots of nice runs, but very little end product. I thought he had quite a slow one for me. What do you think? Uh, I, I I I think he's not being utilized enough, personally. Um, right. You know, a, a great example of what he could do. What he can do. The one corner we got is because he was out there wide, uh, all by himself. We were stuck in the back. Anderson actually saw him and made a beautiful long pass out there. Uh, Robinson collects the ball, does a beautiful take down to the end of the line, gets us a corner. Yeah, I don't think we're doing enough of that kind of stuff. You know, um, I kind of saw glimpses of the old Fulham under Parker last last night too, to where, oh my god, the amount of 
freaking backward passes and shit that we were doing. It, it was no taking a player on, no, no going forward. It was constantly up. There's somebody in front of me, 10 yards. I'm going to turn around and pass back, you know, or sideways. That was a little frustrating for me. So you put, you mentioned there actually about winning corners and it's a, it's a good point and, it, and it's a good discussion point, I think. And I want to put this to you guys now that mm. we rely on our strikers. We say we need a striker because we don't score enough goals. And Bobby Reed, you know, we rely on him for goals. Def- our defenders never chip in with goals. We've got this massive defender in Adarabayo and um, Anderson. They, they they get in the box. They win headers, particularly... Um, sorry, I'm supposed to call him Tashin now, aren't I? Um, <laughs> he, he, w- he wins the headers all the time. And um, all right, I think... Um, was it his header that led to the goal against Newcastle, the own goal at St. James's Park? But our defenders don't score enough goals. And our midfielders don't score enough goals either. So we're so reliant on the strikers. And that's why we we score absolutely, well, next to, next to nothing most, most weeks. Yeah. And I just wonder whether it's the formation because, you know, you play this 4-3-3. So or, or we used to play 4-3-3. So we had, you know, Knockart and Cavalero out wide. And, you know, occasionally they chip in with a goal. But then we're so reliant on Mitrovic in the middle in the championship. And the midfielders, you know, Harrison Reed never never chipped in with anything. Um, and then this season as well, we've changed the formation, but Lookman doesn't score enough. He's got a couple. Cavalero doesn't score enough. No, none mm. of them score enough. No, none of these players score enough goals for me. And for me, I really would like to see the defenders help out a bit more, particularly from set pieces. Well, it's interesting then, you say that. Go hold on, on. Hold on. I'm sorry. I, I want to jump in right there real quick. So then what is your formation then? Um, Frenchy, what what would you go with if we get away from three at the back, five at the back? What's the formation you like? I like why. I'm, I'm old school. I like four four two. I okay. think four four two could really work for us. Um, I think you could have Robinson and, and Tete as the um, right and left back with um, Adarabayo, t- sorry, Tashin and Anderson. Obviously, Ariola in goal. Then I'd play Lookman on the left. I play Bobby Reed down the right. Bobby Reed can come back and help out defensively if, T- if Tete goes bombing forward. Mm. And then I'd probably have Angisa and uh, Lamina in the middle. And you could change, you could interchange Lamina and Harrison Reed depending on who we're up against. If we're up sure. against uh, a top side, then you play Harrison Reed. So there's a bit more cover at the back. And if you're up against a team that's around us in the relegation zone, or bottom half side, let's say, then then you play the meaner and try and turn the screw a bit more. And then up front, I'd go for either Mitrovic and Loftus Cheek, or um, the new guy that's come in from Bordeaux. Josh, is it Maja Maha? I don't know how you say it. Let's say Maja. Um, but yeah. I, don't, I don't want to say chucking straight into the team because I don't really know much about him, other than the fact that he scored the winner against us before we went on our twenty-one or sorry, twenty-three game unbeaten run under Slav uh, for Sunderland. So um, I'd, I'd start with Loftus Cheek and then maybe gradually move him into the side. So that would be what I'd do. Whether it would work or not with these players, I just don't know. I, I I have a huge question mark now over whether or not we've got the quality to stay up, if I'm honest with you. Okay. 4-4-2, that's fine with me. You know, that's a classic formation, obviously. Uh, it's a go-to one for everybody. But, you know, J-Mac, what would you do then? 
Well, I I, I like the I, we we actually went for four four two in the second when we you know when we started losing pretty badly, and I thought it worked okay. I would do very something similar to what Frenchie was doing. I'd have Lookman and Mitro up top, and I'd have uh, believe sorry to say this, I'd have Cav and Bobby Reed as the wingers, um, just because Lookman is a forward, um, an inverted an inverted winger, and I think him and Mitro up top would be a lot better. I don't want to see Ruben Loftus Cheek anywhere in the fucking side at the moment to be honest and i'd have maya maja come on as a substitute for now but yeah that, that's what i'd like to do i'd like to go to 442 um maybe it's something that parker could maybe start trying if he's able to start trying it in the second half of a game when we're losing he might be able to start trying it for a game against west ham maybe um but you know going back to what frenchy was saying really really quickly about defenders and you know scoring goals now tosin's header that was very interesting because Leicester, for instance, have conceded most of their goals on the road, I believe, through set pieces. And I'm really surprised that we only had to, like Tosin around the box only a couple of times this game. It was quite a strange one for coaching. And I also think another thing that was we've just outcoached it because why is no one marking or looking after the most dangerous man on the pitch in James Madison? James Madison assisted both of those goals brilliantly I think he's a fantastic player set up Ian Acho beautifully out of nowhere for the goal I'm not going to complain about that too much because I think that was just a brilliant goal out of nowhere and in the 44th minute he sets up James Justin who swirls around Areola I just feel like we could have man we could have used we could have used our center backs better for a set piece scenarios more and we could have definitely just done a lot more work on James Madison I feel like the coaching has been really lackluster recently and I think it might be getting worse I mean do you think it is a coaching problem am I right would you say Frenchy? Scott Parker, I watched his interview on um, on the official website earlier, and he even said we fell short in both boxes. But that's <laughs> no good. That's no good. Yeah, we did. We know that, and that's your fault, mate. I'm sorry. And and then he went on to say that we weren't good enough in the final third, and there's no shame in losing to Leicester. And I agree with that. There isn't any shame in losing to Leicester these days. Um, but again, it comes back to not beating the sides that we need to beat. And, you know, I, I'm starting to find his his interviews a little bit um, uninspiring and like he's a dead man walking. And even, mm. I, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but even when he was talking about the West Ham game at the weekend, he said, I think we can beat him. I think we can beat him. But, you know, I can understand why, why people might might laugh at us for saying that. But that's our manager saying that. And it's almost like he's thinking, well, we can beat him, but... Most people don't think we're going to, and in all honesty, we probably won't. That, that's kind of how I think. That's kind of how I think he's he's talking at the moment, um, mm. and and it's it doesn't make make good listening to be honest. And I, I really I really wonder if he's running out of ideas. What do you think, Dodd? Do you think Parker's running out of ideas? Just to follow on through that, you know, you you hope you hope not. You 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 hope that he sees glimpses here and there on the practice ground that says, ah, I need to try this, or ah, we, we need to, you know, do this. Um, it's getting those to translate into actual goals. That's the problem, I think. I don't think he's completely out of ideas. I think, sadly, the players aren't just the quality he needs to make things happen, or he is somehow not translating what he wants to the players and they're they're just not understanding and fulfilling it. Well, uh, let, can know. I can I put a question to you, Don? Do you think that this team has the is this team on paper for you better than Sheffield, Burnley, and West Brom? Would you say 
or maybe more because I think I think I think so. I think so too. And I, I, think I think this the quality is, is there, you know, and I I think it has the potential. Now, okay, we don't want to talk about this really, but the elephant in the room is is Parker Dead Man Walking. Ah, you know, God, I hope not. I really do like him, but I do think I do. Gonna I like, like him. Oh, I, I like, like him, him too. I, I, I like I his really attitude. Like I, I like, you know, just his style. Uh, the results personal. speak. The results speak for themselves, though. That's Two the problem, wins, yeah. and that that's the problem. You could have Alexander Ferguson could be, you know, the the damn uh, Alexander Ferguson. Alexander, I mean, Ferguson. you know who I'm talking about. Ferguson Ferguson could be the Chris, you know, you Christian could name. <laughs> you, you, could have, you could have, you know. God himself could be the 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 manager right now, and if he's not getting the results, you, you're going to have to sack him, right? So, yeah, that's the sad part. Um, I really do want Scotty to start getting the results. If the results aren't coming, then you hope, and you hate to say this, you hope that uh, Tony Khan is out there in the background, already got the names in, in hand, you know, and talking to people and reaching out. I'm afraid, mate, the results aren't coming. Okay, but. No, are they? I'll tell you this. If Tony Khan pulled the trigger tomorrow, I would not be super mad, super upset like they did with Slab, okay? I, I was pretty ticked off uh, when they sacked Slab. And I just thought, oh, here we go. Merry-go-round. We're, we're just going to pull the trigger to pull the trigger, you know, at the, the first sign of any kind of trouble. Yeah, but let me just stop you there. Hold on. With, so with what the, I'm saying is he's given, at least he's given Parker the time. With so Slab, he, he was sacked. And we found out that he was sacked as they announced Ranieri. So it was seamless. We didn't we didn't have any time to digest that. It was, it was seamless, like, but to me, Ranieri in. It was a seamless sack. You're right. They they boom boom had it done. For me though, it was you gave him a couple games and you were just up. Oh, we're not going to take the chance. You know there there was no give him a chance at anything. Yeah. So and with Parker, you can't say that. You can't say he hasn't been given a chance. Okay, he he's been given a good healthy run of games. The results are the results. So if they did pull the trigger, okay. I'm not going to be like screaming at the top of my lungs. Damn it. Why'd you do that? Okay. At the same time, God, I really hope Parker does turn this around because I really do like him. I really yeah, do like him. Yeah, we all like him. We all like him. He's lovely. He's a lovely guy. He's not good enough. I don't think he's good enough. He's not. I mean, I, I didn't even enjoy this football in the championship. And I think he was lucky. I mean, you know, we, we, we managed to get through because he's a very good tactician. He is very good against big games or big teams we get results or draws against the top six teams he's set up in a certain way that's why we i mean brentford look we didn't actually fear them but we were set up in a way because we knew they were attacking and we knew we were the underdogs for that game and he set it out perfectly what i'm saying is parker hasn't got a killer instinct as well the only time i've ever been impressed to watch us attacking wise was millwall that was over a year ago so i'm just thinking look sheffield have got three wins now they've got more wins than us i just feel like you know if there was if there was one team that was gonna if i had to pick one team out of the bottom three right now that's going to do a great escape it's them it's not us i'm sorry i don't i just really don't think that's going it, it won't be them either they ain't well, good enough either they've they've had a, they've had a good little run now but they'll drop off i'm sure of it um but i i think personally the bottom three is the so i'm just i'm just looking at sky sports news now and i've just seen that dijon are in the bottom bottom two of the french league which is where kamara's just gone 
Good luck getting out of that with him. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think the bottom three in the Premier League at the moment will be um, as it is at the moment. And, you know, you, you look mm. at Burnley and, and Brighton, they've recently gone to Liverpool and got wins away at Anfield, which is I mean, that was great. an unbelievable result. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, for, great result for Brighton, great result for Burnley. Um, but could you see us doing that? We've got to go there um, in a month. To Anfield, we won't. We won't get a win at Anfield. Of course, we won't. We don't score goals. So, yeah, I, I think um, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. As, as Don said, if um, if the Khans pulled the trigger, and you just wonder who's waiting in the wings to come in, because you would you would have thought, wouldn't you, that Big Sam going in at West Brom would have solved all of their problems because he's going to be doing it. He hasn't. They're they're awful. They're terrible. But I'd almost I, say they're worse. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right, actually. But then we possibly were when we bought Ranieri in. And Ranieri had... I, I know people don't like Ranieri. And, you know, he, he did have a track record of relegation battles throughout his career before he came to England um, a long time ago in Italy. He, he does he does know how to get teams out of uh, out of relegation battle. But he made us worse, probably, as well. Um, and by the end of it, he completely lost it. And you, you just hope that they, they there'd be a manager that could come in who would suit the type of football that we're playing at the moment, who could just come in and motivate the players um, to, to get a few results. Okay. If I'm, this is going to be the last thing I'm going to say about uh, Parker, and then I think we should move on because I don't want us to beat a dead horse. And I don't want, like I said, this to just be all negative. If they sack uh, Parker, I, for one, don't want a manager like Big Sam or whoever to come in that's just known for a relegation battle. I want somebody who knows how to get the absolute best out of a team and get results. I don't mind it being grinded out results. I wouldn't mind it being, oh, my God, we kicked their ass results. But I don't mind the grinded out results. I just want somebody who comes in, has vision to take this team to the next level. You know what I mean? I don't want it to be a big Sam who just, oh, we're playing 4-4-2 and we're just going to you want someone. Can... You want someone who's ready for the championship as well as maybe giving a bit of fight while we're still where we are. I want right? someone who's ready account. for wherever we land. I want someone. To be, if we go to the championship, fine. We're going to get to the championship. We know it's a hard run, lots of matches. But I also want someone who, if we manage to stay up, can say, "Yep, I know where the next level is. We're going to get mid-table next season. We're going to shoot higher. We're going to do better." I don't want that person that we've up. Oh, he did great job. He let us uh, escape. Now what do we do? You I think the I mean? only yeah, I see what you mean. I think the only way we could possibly get some wins now is with a new manager and that bounce, and maybe with a few wins within that bounce, we can actually fool ourselves and think we can get out of this mess and just have a nice little, a better time of it than we're having now with the wins. Uh, but that's just I, I don't know. I, well, I'm I, not I giving up. I know a lot of people up. out there are mad and are giving up and saying that's it, that's us done. As yeah. I as I wrote on Friends of Fulham, if it's not mathematically done. The fat lady, as somebody said, isn't waddling away. I'm not giving up yet. I'm going to no, be upset, but I'm not giving up. She's whistling. I can tell you. <laughs> she's she's limping over there. Yeah. I mean, there's look, there's 17 games left. There is 17 games left, but I'm I'm not confident. I'm, I'm not confident with this coaching at all uh, or this manager. I'm really sorry to say it. Um, with that in mind, can I get your Parker ratings really quickly before we talk about West Ham? Um, Fredgy? Um, yeah, I've... I don't know. I think you've got to try and forget about the fact that 
you know, we've lost a lot of games or we haven't we haven't won the games going into this one. So on this game alone, Leicester at home is a difficult match. We set up and we started quite well. We lost 2-0. They were clinical. Leicester, losing 2-0 at home to Leicester isn't a bad result standalone. But when you start factoring in everything else beforehand, so I'm, I'm just going to go straight down the middle and say five. Five. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, four just because I think not enough work was done to uh, just with our set uh, potential set pieces, the fact they concede so many uh, from set pieces with, uh, with Tosin's headers, um, header and just James Madison, just basically ruling the roost completely. Uh, I'm going to go for that. What about you, Don? I'm going to go with a five. I, I, again, I don't want to be super negative for me. It's more about, I don't understand again, why he dropped Bobby. Uh, I just think, that was a big mistake. And I, I think that really hurt us for our chances in creating goals and stuff. Uh, I'm also going to, you know, stick with a five and not go any higher because he keeps playing Loftus cheek. And I just, I, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried. I watched him so hard in these last couple matches to see what he provides, what Scott could possibly see in him. And I yeah. just don't, I don't see it. He's a big, well, strong guy, but I don't see it. I I don't. I'm not. I'm not savvy on big footballing sort of knowledge, really. And I, I'm sure there's lots of work that Ruben Loftus Cheek is maybe doing in between the lines, like people like Morgs keep on saying. But for me, I can't. I can't stand what I just can't stand him. Can't stand him. And I'm, I'm not. Wins, I see him win some tackles every now and then. Okay, I see him do that. But then there are just too many times. Best example. He got the ball. He's all alone. He takes off running and he trips over his own effing feet. The That's special. him summed up. Right, fair enough. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what, let's sum this up. All right, after this lovely, delightful music, we'll talk about West Ham. Fulham. All right, guys, West Ham. Let's just quickly roll through the stats this season that our delightful man Stato put for us. Um, so, you know, points per game. They're averaging on 1.7 points per game at the moment. David Moyes has them flying right now. They had an amazing result. Jesse Lingard's just joined them, scored a brace, linking up with Ben Rama really nicely. I mean, their midfielder, Suchek, is just basically the new Fellaini for David Moyes. He's doing wonders there, and it's just they're a fantastic team. They're probably the most improved team in the league compared to last season, I think. They are 13 points better off than they were at this point last season. In fact, this is the best they've performed points-wise for at least the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, it feels like the West Ham, I bet the West Ham fans are still grumpy about it. Though. Um, no surprise then that all the stats above are a lot, lot better than what they were last season. Um, Freddie, is there anything you want to add with this right now? Anything we've noticed from these stats? Well, what I want to add to start with is that um, I know you're a big fan of David Moyes, aren't you? Especially when he says, when he, when he came out, when he first joined West Ham and said, I win football matches. And when yeah. they were losing last season, you would always jump on that, wouldn't you? Say, it would oh, always tickle me. Yeah. Hey, I'm just going to say, is now. I really like him too. I've liked him since Everton. And I was, you know, disappointed when I think he could have been some, something really good for us. So. He just made some poor decisions with uh, well, Man United. He was chosen, but he made some well, poor decisions. With Man, no, Man United. Yeah, he he, he yeah. got he got screwed over. Man United. Yeah, he got screwed over. He made some poor choices, but he got screwed over. I that still a, think he could have been a great manager for us. That was a that was a poison chalice going to Manchester oh, United. Absolutely following uh, Sir Alexander of Ferguson. Anyway, <laughs> uh, um, West Ham. Call me Alexander. <laughs> yeah, West Ham. They've won ten games already this season compared to our two. Um, 
half have come at home, half away. And uh, they've also lost six games this season. So I don't really know what that means, how how that bodes for the game at the weekend at all, really. Um, Eight out of their last 10 wins this season have come from one goal margins. That includes four 1-0 wins, including the one against us back in November, which obviously should never have happened. Let's hope that Lookman can uh, redeem himself on Saturday evening and um, and get a couple of goals for us. Mm, yeah, indeed. 58% of the goals that they've scored have come in the second half. 32% of those have come in the final 15 minutes. Um, players to watch. Uh, Lucas Fabianski has played 20 out of their 21 league games in goal for them this season. He's kept six clean sheets and has conceded 27 goals in 20 games. Um, what have we got in defence? At the start of the season, this season, they tended to line up with a back five, but they've uh, they've now reverted to a 4-2-3-1 formation. So quite that how that will work around if we play five at the back, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, two defenders have played every single game for West Ham this season. They've got Ogbonna, the 32-year-old Italian, and Aaron Cresswell, also who's played all the games. He was in a back three at the beginning, but is now playing in his familiar left-back position. In midfield, their top scorer this season is Thomas Salchak, as J-Mac said earlier. The 25-year-old has seven goals this season, which is uh, more than, I think, our our top scorer, Bobby Reid, who plays up front. Um, It's fantastic, yeah, I mean that's the same level. I mean that's the same amount of goals as um, uh, Gund- uh, Gundogan or Gundogan from Man City. So I mean he's a hell of a signing. I mean hell of a signing. Yeah. Probably won't hang around there for long. Then uh, three of those have come with his head. Uh, three of those seven goals. He's played every game this season. Uh, Declan Rice has also played every game this season, and uh, the two of those have established a really good partnership. Um, mm-hmm. And then in attack. Of course, they've got Mikel Antonio, who's got five goals in 11 starts this season, although he has spent a bit of time injured. And, of course, um, they've got Saeed Benrahma, who plays in attacking midfield behind Mikel Antonio. Hasn't scored yet, but that's the kiss of death, isn't it, saying that? 100%. Yeah, and then Pablo Fornells, who's got two goals and two assists this season as well. So that's the stats. Uh, mate, you haven't, you've completely missed out Jared Bowen now. I think you did it deliberately um, just because so Jared. I could say, Jared, but I mean, just take, I mean, take your pick. I mean, this, I mean, reading back on that, that's a very good team. And I just take your pick and who's going to score again. It could be Jared Bowen. It could be Antonio. It could be Ben Rama. It could be, it could be Jesse Lingard. who's just scored a brace. I just think this is going to be an absolute, I think we're going to get crucified here personally. I'm not, I'm not treating like the Man City, but they're flying. Aren't they fifth at the moment? I mean, this is, I, I, I think this is the game where, I think it would be very fitting if Scott Parker, not that I want this to happen necessarily, but I'm just saying if there is a team that gets Scott Parker sacked, it will be West Ham. And I can, it just seems quite full circle in that regard. Don, have you got any form tables or anything like that? Where are they in the form table at West Ham at the moment? The form table. How is everybody doing? Well, let's talk about where West Ham happened to be right now. Oh, goody for them. They've gone up to number two in form. Jesus. Right underneath Man City. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that Cheerio? <laughs> Isn't that just a daisy? Yeah. Lovely. Oh, and look at and that. Where are we? We allowed Leicester City to become number three. We did Good. something for them. Good for them. Uh, Man United, they're down to number four. Now let's go where to the bottom we, portion where of the we? table. <laughs> the bottom portion, the bottom of the barrel. Uh, let's start with sitting at number 16. West Brom is up. 
Aston Villa is down 17. Newcastle, surprise, surprise, down at 18. And Southampton, down at 19. And good old Fulham, yip, yip, hippie, we're at number 20. Right. Good. Lovely. I mean, I don't even know what, I mean, I can't even remember how we lined up for this game uh, with the fucking Penenka penalty. But I think with this one, we all, we're all agreed here. We want to see four at the back. Um, I'd like Frenchie and I would like to see four four two. I can imagine though. I don't think Scott. I think it's going to be a four two three one. I mean, what are your thoughts in this, Frenchie? How we attack this? Or Don? Sorry, you're going to say something. Well, Both I, you speak I was at just going to say, you know, I know you guys like the four four uh, two, and you you kind of had your line up there. Okay, for me, with the players we've got, okay, because you've got Ted A and you've got uh, Robinson, who and Robinson having that Ferrari engine, as uh, Matt Dom says, Indeed. that can run all day. I'd like to see the 4-2-3-1 because of that, because I would love to still see Robinson and Teddy making these overlapping runs, okay? So for me, your back four is probably going to be Teddy Anderson. I guess we're saying Tosin now. We, we don't say anything else. Uh, Robinson, tucked in, you're two holding. For me, it's going to be Harrison Reed. I've got a feeling with Parker, it's still going to be Angisa. I personally say no. I would like Lamina in there. And I say Lamina, and everybody must remember – he played, uh, you know, in Italy. He played for Giuliani. So it's not like this guy doesn't have some great form going forward and can't make something happen. Your, your mid three, I, I want Bobby back in, uh, sitting behind him. I don't want to see any of Robin Loftus-Cheek. I, I probably would – I should go and put $1,000 down as a bet that he's going to start because I probably would win. But I'd rather see – and people may not like this, but I'd rather see Cav just because Cav – has shown he's got a work rate and could maybe make things happen. Maybe he's not that finisher, but he could at least maybe get something to happen. He's big and strong. Uh, Reed has got to stay in the Harrison Reed has got to stay in as your other back uh, holding Lookman out wide. And then, you know, Metro up top and hopefully yep. Metro starts pulling the trigger. Um, well, you mentioned about Ruben Loftus cheek. If you, I mean, if I had to see him in this game, which I think we probably will, because Parker seems to like him, I imagine he'll be that number ten just behind Mitro in the four-two-three-one. That's why I could imagine happening. I've noticed that he is now saying at the end of his games in the press conference, "We need to win games now." He hasn't been saying that as much before. He's now very much saying, "We need to win these games. We need to convert these draws into wins. It needs to happen now." Because I think he's saying, "Or I'm out of here." Uh, Frenchie, I mean, anything you want to add on there and then give me your score prediction for it, mate? I was just going to say that I've watched the highlights of the West Ham win at Aston Villa on Wednesday evening on Match of the Day, and I thought West Ham looked really, really good, particularly going forward and on the counter-attack as well, Jesse Lingard. I didn't even, I must have missed that. I didn't even realise he was there until, until he popped up and scored. Um, but... <laughs> I, yeah, I I think he really has something to their attack as well. So we're we're going to be really up against up against it against a team who are already, you know, who are already doing well in the in the current form table. As as Don said earlier in in the show, before they got Jesse Lingard. So um, score prediction. I've been really positive so far. I always try and predict a win, but what's the point? We've won two all season. So um, I don't know. Um, we've uh, and also our our record against West Ham at home is diabolical. I've I've been to, I've seen us play against West Ham at home so many times, and we're dreadful every time. So I'm sorry, but I can't see anything but a defeat. And yeah. I I hate predicting a defeat, but I I just can't see anything but. So I don't know two nil, another yeah, nil. I, we, we won't we won't score. So two nil. 
I'm I'm with you there, mate. I'm going to say the same. What about you, Don? I don't want to say that. Oh God, I said let's not be negative. I'm going to try and be positive. Um, I don't want to. Okay, say here, it. here's a positive. No, thing we don't want to say. If if we lose, we're at least going to get one goal. I have a feeling. If we lose, we will at least have gotten one goal. Okay. Uh, and nice, yeah. yeah, it'll be a penalty and Mitchell yeah. will score it. or, or better yet, you know, Josh will come on. He's going to show some magic and he's going to make something happen. He's going to get a goal right out of the bat. Um, you love that imagine, pun. imagine if, imagine if we got another penalty this game and took, <laughs> and he palenked it and scored. Yeah, that would be great. And that would be good. That would be very poetic. If he tried that again, can you imagine against the same team? fantastic i, I it, it is funny because this game i feel like is actually the sort of game because of how flying west ham are right now it's actually the game you want to sort of treat like a top six well they are in the top six but it's actually the sort of game you want that five at the back counter-attacking system with cav up top even though it didn't really do us very much. but now we're in a situation where we want four at the back and it, we just need to start attacking and winning it's it's a very odd situation actually don you're going to say something and then we'll close out well i was just going to say um if if it's gonna happen, okay. If if they're gonna sack Parker, it, it's got to happen pretty much after the West Ham game. That that's got to become the nail in the coffin. Just the only reason I say that is because we're getting down to the wire. Yeah, there's several, several games left. What, 16, 17, I think left. Seventeen. Um, Seventeen. Seventeen games isn't actually all that much when you start looking how the different teams are performing. Okay, so for example, if you look at the next six games. You've got West Ham, Everton. Ah, you know, that's going to be a tough match. Sheffield United, we hope. Crystal Palace, we hope. But then you're back at Liverpool, Manchester City. So, yeah. Can, can I just make a point really quickly? Is that absolutely. There's, 17, there's 17 games left, and you can say that absolutely that's, um, that's a lot, or you can say that's not much at all. But Liverpool lost last night uh, to Brighton. Was it last night or the night before, friends? Sorry, forgive me. Uh, I think it was last night, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was last it's night. Not, yeah. so, so Klopp has come out and now said, and so has Andy Robertson has said, we're out of the title race. He said they're out of the title race when they are only seven points from first. Um, how many points away are we from 17th? I think we're a lot more than seven. I think actually maybe it is seven. No, it's eight. more. It's, it's eight. eight. So I think it's now, if Klopp can say they're out of the title race with seven points away from first, I think to start saying that we're down and gone when we're eight points away isn't the worst shout. Klopp to seems be to be the doom and gloom guy. They're quick to jump on the doom and gloom. That's not doom and gloom. That's mind games. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe it's mine. Maybe you should. All right, maybe so we need Parker to start playing some mind games. He needs to yeah, uh, go, go into the press <laughs> conferences, Parker, and talk about anything but winning games, okay? Just talk about who you look like. Talk about who you look like, Parker. You yeah. see, you've seen that clip of Sean Dyche. Exactly. He's Tell us, Parker, who do you look like? Sean Dyche is brilliant. That was, that was such a good clip, if anyone hasn't seen it. Look it up when he's talking Maybe. about when he goes on holiday and you you sat there with your family picking out lookalike. He's in the restaurant and stuff. It's great. Yeah, it may be very envious of uh, Burnley fans actually. If you yeah, to that fun. Anyway, um, he's always, right, almost, he was almost taken on the the reporters, wasn't he? Going, go on, then ask me another boring question. We're having a good time here talking yeah. about lookalikes. But go on, ask me about four four two. Go on, brilliant. I can tell it. if he was being intimidated or not, but he just seems to be like have. He just seems to be up for having a laugh. Look at that, guy. No, yeah, that guy's not intimidated. I don't think anything intimidates him. No, no. But anyway. Still sounds like border though. Anyway, right, we'll call it a day. We'll call it. We'll call it a day. Right. Uh, thank you very much, you lovely men. It's good to see you. And we will be back. Frenchie and I will be back. I'll be co-hosting. Frenchie will be hosting, and we'll be back with a reaction to West Ham. God knows what's going to happen, Frenchie. Um, hopefully, we'll 
Well, we know what's going to happen, but we'll, we'll, we'll make we'll make a pod out of it nonetheless, won't we? Um, all we'll right. Try. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll try. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for listening. We really appreciate your support. And if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us. We're on all the social media outlets. Thank you very much. See you soon. Fulham.